Good morning. My name is Dale Robinson, and this is my first episode as we talk about UFOs and UAPs. I was watching a show the other night, and it was showing all of the um, sightings and reports of uh, UFOs that took place in the 1950s and 1960s. Of course, the Kenneth Arnold sighting is probably one of the most prominent ones, maybe next to Roswell. It happened in, uh, I believe, somewhere around June of, of 1947, and Roswell was in July. And so it happened just, I think, a couple weeks after the Kenneth Arnold sightings. And there was a lot of fervor back then. I mean, a lot of people were excited. The government seemed to be very open to looking into these uh, unidentified flying objects. But then something happened. There was a shift somewhere along the way where the government, the military, decided that they were going to put the brakes on this thing. And I've heard reports that it had to do with the Cold War and how the, they didn't want us to get so distracted with UFOs and what's flying around in our skies that, are, that was unidentified that we lost focus on our enemy at the time, the Soviet Union. I'm not sure if I buy that or not. But that's the reason that's being floated out there. But anyway, what happened after that is they, instead of trying to investigate UFOs, the, with Project Blue Book, they were trying to explain them away. And after that, they would criticize and make fun of people um, who had a sighting and made to look as if they were abnormal or something wrong with them or that they were crazy. And my fear is that history could repeat itself. My, my fear is that history could repeat itself because I see a lot of the same fervor today that I saw back in the 1950s and 60s. And my fear is that if we do not hold their feet to the fire, if we get distracted, and, and I said this in one of my tweets today to someone, we cannot pay attention to the debunkers. Skeptics, yes. Debunkers, no. Debunkers are never going to believe, no matter how much evidence you give them, they will never, ever believe. Now, a skeptic is a person who wants evidence. I'm a skeptic. I want evidence. I'm not just going to believe any crazy story that someone tells me. But I think we need to be careful there and not give too much attention to the debunkers and to people who are just trolls trying to create problems. Because what happens is then we get off track. All of a sudden we're spending time over here with the trolls and the debunkers instead of spending the time where it should be spent, which is trying to get our government to admit that they have materials, that they have more films and videos of these UAPs that have not been released. And so what we're looking for is we're looking for disclosure. And I know I've heard people say disclosure has already happened, but to me it's definitely not full disclosure. And so I think we really should be working together for that goal, because I want to say it again. I'm afraid that history will repeat itself if we don't do that. And so this first 
podcast is a challenge. It's a challenge to all the people who, who believe that UFOs and UAPs are real to unite together so that history does not repeat itself. It means that each and every one of us are going to have to do our part. I know I've written letters or, or texts to senators and congressmen encouraging them to go ahead and follow up on what's taking place in Congress right now with the, the open hearings for UAPs. And so I'm challenging every one of us to do that. I'm going to say it again. I don't want to see history repeat itself. Thank you, and this will be my first episode, and we'll see how it goes, and maybe I'll make another one. Thank you. Good morning. This is UFO UAP Observer, and this is my third podcast. Hopefully you've been able to catch my first two. Today I want to talk about crash retrieval. I want to talk about the supposed alien spacecrafts that have crashed on our planet and not only ask the question, where did they go? But why does it seem like no one is looking for them? I mean, that's a legitimate question. Now, we have an idea of where we think they went. We think they went to places like Area 51, Wright-Patterson Air Base, Air Force Base. We've, even here and today, there's an Area 52, Dugway Proving Grounds in, in Utah. And so we have an, an idea of where maybe they have gone to, especially if you believe Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar supposedly worked at Area 51 in this special section known as Section 4. And he worked there from December of 1988 until April of 1989. And he said while he was there helping to try to reverse engineer some of these spacecrafts that he personally eyewitnessed nine intact UFOs. And so if you believe him, we know at least in 1988-89 that Area 51 was the storage location for many of these spaceships. Now, you got to say, well, where did these come from? Well, we don't know where all of them came from, but we can suspect that maybe the Roswell crash that happened in July of 1947, that maybe the wreckage from that crash is in area, was in Area 51, at least in 1988-1989. Now, I do need to clarify, the crash did not actually happen in Roswell, New Mexico. It actually happened in Corona, New Mexico. We know the story, a rancher by the name of Max Brazel comes across some debris and on his ranch and so he goes in and reports what's found the, the army comes out and investigates it and we all know the story the first day they come out hey a space a flying saucer <laughs> has been found and of course they quickly backtracked and told us that hey this is nothing but a weather balloon now nobody really believed that and then when 
there was enough criticism, eventually said, no, 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 this was a secret weather balloon that would measure the radiation um, from Russia to decide to help us to understand how far they had advanced in developing a nuclear weapon, a nuclear bomb. And when people started talking about seeing alien bodies to kind of debunk that, they came out with this theory of crash dummies. Crash dummies were the answer. But the problem with the crash dummy analysis is that that happened after Roswell, happened after the crash in Corona. And so, I mean, if they keep coming up with things that aren't true, you have to go and say, hey, maybe we should believe the, the original story. Now, another famous UFO crash, I guess I should say supposed UFO crash, was in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, which took place December 9, 1965. Supposedly there was this fireball in the sky that was seen in by people in six different states. And so when it crashed, of course, who do you call? You call the military. And so the military got out there and according to some eyewitnesses, that whatever this thing was, it looked like an acorn is how they described it. But it was loaded on the back of a military flatbed covered with a tarp. And if I remember right, it was taken to Wright-Patterson Air Base, or at least that's the speculation. But then you'd kind of imagine that maybe it ended up over in Area 51 as well. And so those are just two examples. Just two examples of, of supposed crashed retrieval. But like I said earlier, according to Bob Lazar, when he was working there between 1988 and 1989, he saw nine intact UFOs. He looked through this hangar and there were nine intact UFOs. And they were trying to reverse engineer them. Now, here, here's my question. Here's the thing that's kind of troubling me a little bit, and, and maybe it troubles you as well. And the question is, why are there no reports of ET, of aliens, of other dimensional beings coming out and trying to get their debris back, trying to get their, the bodies of their comrades back? Because I can tell you something, I was in the military, I was in the Navy. And if a helicopter went down, a Navy helicopter went down, if a Navy jet went down, you can bet one thing, we'd be out looking for them. We would be out looking for them. In fact, I remember when we were on deployment, we had one of our shipmates get sick and they sent a helicopter over to pick him up and to take him to another ship. And once they had dropped... Uh, my ship made off at this other ship the helicopter took off and somewhere in between that and their final destination where they were supposed to go the helicopter crashed in the ocean and so it was all hands on deck I mean we were looking everybody was looking for any kind of debris from this helicopter now to be honest it was kind of like looking for a needle in a haystack the ocean is huge. 
But we did everything we could to try to find survivors and to recover the bodies of those who crashed into the sea. I mean, even in the commercial world, even in civil, uh, civilian aviation, we don't just say, oh, well, they crashed. We go looking for them. And so my question is, why isn't E.T. looking for their comrades? Where is their search and rescue? Why haven't they gone to Area 51? Why didn't they go to Wright-Patterson Air Base? Why aren't they over at Dugway's Proving Ground in Utah, the supposed Area 52? That's a good question. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't have an answer. Because it doesn't really make sense to me, at least this part. It's not that I don't believe in crashed recovery. It's just a question to ponder. It's just a question that, that we need to think about. We need to ask. Why aren't they looking for their fallen comrades? Why aren't they looking for their fallen brothers? Like I said, that's just a question to ponder. Anyway, this will be the conclusion of my third podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I will continue to make them every so often. Anyway, UFO, UAP, Observer, signing out. Goodbye.